All right. What's going on? It's your boys, Jordan and Abraham. He's a professional runner, so he's your fast friend. And I'm an MD, PhD student, so I'm your smart friend, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you hate Jordan, saying that so much. <laughs> I really do. It sounds so pretentious. I hope everybody knows that I didn't write that line. <laughs> Please know that I didn't write that. Every, everyone has been texting. It's a great introduction. They say it's funny. Uh, <laughs> they say it's funny. They like the introduction. And, you know, when you get an MDP, it's like because I run at a certain pace, I yeah. get to say I'm a fast friend. Uh-huh. When you have not not a associate's degree, not a bath, not just a bachelor's. Not even a master's. That's said that wasn't enough. Said I'm gonna become a medical doctor. Said being a medical doctor is not enough. I'm gonna do eight years of schooling to get a medical doctor, whatever PhD stands for, MD, PhD. If you're doing that, no one will complain about you saying that you were their smart friend. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It still doesn't it still doesn't feel right to say it though. <laughs> 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 I think you're my smart friend. You and Ch- okay. and our friend Chibukum, our other MD PhD friend. But you know, I want to bring something up. We are your friends who read One Piece, and I want to I want to yep. bring up a question from our friend Josh last week. He listened to the podcast episode. He said, "Love the podcast episode." He said, "We got to get Abraham off this Fishman Island jank." But oh where is Senior Pink in your back favorite backstory? Oh my god. I can't believe we we actually I can't believe we forgot about Senior Pink. That's actually given, crazy. Given everything that yeah we discovered, you love about a backstory. Senior Pink feels yeah. like it should be just the answer that's right on top of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna say Senior Pink is so for me it goes Kuma, Robin, Fisher Tiger, Nami Chopper. And then I think Senior Pink. What? <laughs> All the way down there? What? I mean, he's, he just barely missed out on the top five. <laughs> you know, he beat he beat Law. He beat Doflamingo. He beat Luffy's backstory. Um, I don't know. He beat he beat a lot of, a lot of uh, important. He beat out a lot of o- Odin, Kaido, all of. Them. That's fair, including beating out Odin because Odin's another one where it's like team on your back. A character who's doing everything, and it's about what it means to be a man. You know what? It's I, just it's I, a little I, surprising to hear Nami's under that, given that yeah. Senior Pink sort of fits the theme of what a backstory that you generally love is. Yeah, but you know, Belmere, you know, she's like, like that beautiful caregiver. You know, she's obviously not a man, but like, I, I do, I think Nami's backstory is is very beautiful to see. You know, the, why she like. And it was also the first one we got, you know, it was the first truly beautifully written backstory in the series. And Senior Pink is also such a almost insignificant character compared to all of those people. Right. I think. Yeah. So that That was what I said to Josh. And what he said was that's part of what makes the backstory so good is that it makes you actually care about this guy who's a completely random side character who walks around with, I mean, literally dressed like a baby and swims to the ground. The ability to make you care about a character like that is something that's incredibly powerful that backstory accomplishes that none of the other ones can quite say that they do. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But no, uh, just misses out on the top five. That's a bummer. I'll have to relay that to our friend Josh, and we'll see what he mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see if he feels if he feels that's a suitable answer. But speaking of suitable answers, you know, I gotta fill mm-hmm. everyone in on a conversation we had mm-hmm. when eleven oh three dropped. Yep. yep. Now eleven oh three dropped, and I believe in the unofficial translation we had when Kuma was when Dragon and, and Ivanka were talking about what was going on with Kuma. Dragon says, "Where would Kuma go?" And Ivanka says, if it was me, I would storm marriage you for some payback. Now, what did you think about that, Abraham? What was your initial reaction? You know, I thought that that was Oda's way of communicating to us because that, like, why Kuma went to marriage Because, you know, we have no explanation so far in the in the series. And I'm I'm still waiting for one, you know, and that is the best explanation that we've gotten to this point. 
No one has so, come up with a good theory. So I was like, I guess this is Oda's way of saying Kuma Kuma went to Marijuas for 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 some, some payback. For some payback. You said this is Oda's way of saying that Kuma went to Marijuas for some payback. Yep. Now, independent of the fact that if this would have been him having another character say, if it was me, that's what I would do. So a kind of a ridiculous way to speak for what Kuma would do for speaking through another character. But, you know, we can get past that. Now, you're me, your friend Jordan, you know, you know, as you know, I speak Japanese. I speak Japanese pretty well, in fact. And I'm mm. definitely literate in Japanese. And I read the Raws this week. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want to see you shaking your head. Yes, no, yes, no, because you know where this is going. I read the Raws this week. Normally the Raws yeah. are a little bit low quality, but the Raws came out. I read the whole chapter in Japanese before it even came out in English. Mm-hmm. And I said, Abraham, the original text doesn't have anything to do with revenge. The word revenge yeah. is not in there. Now, yeah. what did you say? What did you say to that? I said that if the official comes out and doesn't mention the word revenge, then I'll change my opinion. No, but, but until but what then, did you say right until exactly. then, until then, said, until then, why would I trust your translation over the unofficial translation? And so I, I stand said, on Abraham, that. I said, Abraham, Let me tell you I'm something. I'm your boy. I'm your boy. <laughs> I know you know I speak Japanese. Is what I said. I said you know I speak Japanese. You don't have to wait. I said the word. I said the word revenge is not in here. And oftentimes the unofficial translations or the official translations, because there's no literal translation for what someone is saying, take liberties to sort of fluff it up. Maybe they turn it into our language. They make it a little, feel a little bit more natural for, you know, the way we're speaking for America, for the South, like whatever. Like in, in, in the most recent version, in the most recent volume of Damon's of the shadow realm, uh, the, woman who wrote from what Alchemist knew manga, they literally said like doxed and canceled. And I was like, that's a little bit much. I don't need all that. Hmm. But so I went and I said, it's the, even the word revenge just is not in there. Huh. And what did you say? I, said, I, I, can't, I, mean, I can read it. I know every word. The word revenge is not in there. What did you say? No, no, no. I'm standing Did that change on your mind? Did that change your no, mind? The, you, I'll tell you what changed my mind. Can I tell you what changed my mind? No, what we're changed- going to get there. We're, no, we're going to get to what changed your mind later. Okay. So now, so let then me, what let did me tell I do? You, did, did I copy? Did I write the text in our Discord server? I, did I write the text that was in the chapter in the Discord server in Japanese to give you the opportunity yeah. to use Google Translator on it? Did I do that? I'm not doing all that. You know I'm not doing all that. As as as, as our friend Joaquin said, <laughs> no, you translate. <laughs> our friend Joaquin didn't know what was going on he just wanted to get in <laughs> and rip on me because he thought I was flexing my Japanese he didn't I talked to him after he didn't even realize that I was being doubted baselessly I, I think there's baselessly. nothing baseless about it hey so now Abraham you went on your monologue you give me I'm I'm gonna go on my monologue right now okay I'm about to give you a chance to go on your monologue in two seconds I just want okay. I just want to ask one question Okay. The official release did come out. And could you read, could you please read for me the panel with the official release? And then if you would be so kind just to confirm whether or not the word revenge or anything with the connotation of revenge was in that. There was there was no mention of the word revenge. Uh, Dragon specifically says if Kuma is running off some fragment of his true instincts, where do you think he'll go? Ugh. And then and what does Ivan say? Pop says, if it were me, I'd charge to Mary Joa without, without a second thought. Without that's, that's a the, second thought? Without a second thought. That's what the official says. And let me tell you something. I'm a man of my word. Like I said, if the official comes out and... The language is used is different. There's no mention of something like revenge or payback or something like that. Then I'll change my mind. But I and I don't. Let me tell you something. If in chapter eleven hundred and four, 
there's another panel where the unofficial <laughs> says something and you text me to be like, oh no, that's not what it says. It actually means this. I'm We're going to have a repeat of the same situation. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, until the official comes out, I'm going based off of the unofficial. I'm not, because as far as I'm concerned, Man, but my, your, your own, my translation is, is an unofficial translation too. But mine is your boy's unofficial translation. It's your friend's <laughs> unofficial translation. Is that worth nothing to you? It, it's worth less than you think. <laughs> <laughs> Have you learned nothing from all these think, years of watching shonen anime and reading shonen manga about you, what friendship is supposed to mean? Let me let me tell you something. Let me tell you why I can't just let 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 the 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 conversation end there, where you're just like, "Hey, this is not what it says in Japanese." Because then you know every every single every single chapter going forward every single argument you have you can just be like hey look i read the Ross, you know <laughs> and the Ross said this abraham so you're wrong and what am i gonna do learn i don't know how to speak japanese so my philosophy is until the official comes out i'm going with the unofficial and i hear from people all the time that japanese can be subjective that things can be up to interpretation right it's you the the same text can be written and read in two the in two different ways by two different people so my point was like if you read it one way and the, this other translator read it another way why it is your why why should i buy your interpretation i'm not just going to let you hold that over me so i'm going with the unofficial and you should be proud the i said when the official comes out if they change it <laughs> i will admit i was wrong. And I was wrong. It didn't mention revenge. That's and, cool. And I and I slandered your name for no reason. Could you add that, please? No, oh, no. Could you please no. add there that was, to your There pod? was a reason. I slandered, I slandered your, name. your name. I slandered your name for, for a no reason. reason there was definitely there was definitely a reason. <laughs> the reason <laughs> ended up the reason didn't end up being right, but there was a reason. <laughs> I really hope this happens again. And by you know mm-hmm. it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a dog bites you once, cause I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come in saying it says one thing just to win an argument. I'm not gonna be lying like that. <laughs> I want to be clear. I don't know. Maybe you maybe you would. <laughs> That's not maybe you would. I wouldn't would I do such. A, I would never do such a thing. I know that you don't like these word plays that I come up with. Uh, you know these word plays I come up with are sometimes kind of kind of funny, but you know. I would never come in and lie just to win an argument because the official translation. Now let's remember the official translations are the ones that gave us Raftel for about I don't know how many chapters. The amount of like six hundred chapters they gave us Raftel. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking at in terms of official translations. So even the official translators make mistakes. Yep. But I appreciate you. That was very big of you to, despite maybe being coerced a little bit. No, 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 no. And no I said, I said in the group chat the day of, if, if when of the ofi- if when the official comes out, if the official doesn't say anything like that, I'll I'll admit you were right, and you were right this time. But that doesn't mean you're gonna be right next time. <laughs> Wait, I just want you to know that's very big of you. Um, I definitely will be right next time if this kind of situation happens again, because I won't be lying and I won't be saying that I'm right <laughs> if I'm not gonna be. If I'm not sure about what I've read, but I really appreciate you being a big man and and not only admitting that you were wrong, but also admitting that you slandered my name for a reason that was wrong. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Now that you've gotten that off your chest, <laughs> I want to have a power scale in conversation. Okay, let's do it. Where do you come down on Mihawk versus Shanks? Who do you think is stronger right now at this point of the series? Because I don't think I don't think either of them are going to change much between now and the end game at all. So yeah, who do you think is stronger? Man, that's a tough question because they're both kind of in the category of character that we know is stronger than basically everyone else in the series. Emperor level characters, we know the only people who you know can stand on this kind of level. Whitebeard, Shanks, Kaido, Roger, Rocks, maybe Dragon, we're not really sure. Maybe Odin is kind of at that level. 
And Mihawk is kind of the one person who's neither Odin. <laughs> Odin's kind of like the the one person who kind of has a he's from an isolationist country and he kind of has an alternate route to that power. But he's neither a pirate emperor nor someone in the Marines who we just believe is there because he has the title of world's strongest swordsman. We also know that Mihawk has expressed he doesn't have any interest in fighting Shanks now that Shanks is only one arm down. Yeah. Although we sure saw we sure saw Shanks fight Kid with if you can call it that with one arm and he yeah. sure did not seem to be too debilitated by the I loss mean, of that arm. There's there's levels to this, you know, like <laughs> Kid is But yeah, we you, you can keep going. You can keep going. I'll come down and say that in terms of pure skill with the sword, Mihawk is stronger. But if you're just talking about who is going to have the most destructive power, and so we're in a war at Marineford, and who do you want on your side? I'm going to take Shanks. Who would win a one v one? I think that's 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 how I want the question to be answered. If if they're if they if they're running the ones, who are you taking? What is it a one v one with swords or a one v one with 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 whatever weapon you know your 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 weapon your hockey devil fruits whatever? We don't know. Um, n- neither of them had. We we don't think either had devil fruits, but like that's true. You know, I'm gonna go ahead and say in a one v one, I'll take. Mihawk. But that does what that doesn't preclude is the idea of Shanks being a greater destructive power. But it's simple that if the two of them are both swordsmen and they both fight with swords, and one person has the title of world's greatest swordsman that seems to have been bestowed upon him in a way that is meaningful to the story, Uh that that has to be the defining that he has to be the strongest swordsman. I'm I'm glad you said Mihawk because I wanted us to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to have to, but you know, legitimately, I love I love this topic because there's not really you can justify any answer, right? I do think the fact that Mihawk has the title of world's strongest swordsman and he doesn't really have much interest in fighting Shanks with one arm, uh, are 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 important, right? Uh, especially with these two characters. The hard part about power scaling these two guys is that they have such few feats, right? Like the only right. feats we have for Shanks are him one shotting kid, him, uh, and his conqueror's hockey stuff when he won on Whitebeard ship and uh, at the end of Wano. Essentially, right. right? We also do. We know that he, you know, he prevented the fact Kaido that no getting... one wanted to mess with him at Marineford. Yeah, preventing Kaido right. from getting there. Yeah, 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 but like again, a lot of those are like, sto- like they're not feats, right? Like we, like, like Sengo, they are, but like, you know, I when I, we we don't we haven't gotten a lot of context in terms of combat to be like this is about how strong Shanks is, right? We know Zoro and King, for example, are similar strength level because when they fought, you know, we saw how that went, right? Um, the reason right. why Eileen, Eileen Shanks is purely because of narrative. I think he's written into the story as such a far more significant character than Mihawk is. And unlike a character like, let's say, Dragon, who might be significant, I, I think Dragon is going to be a strong fighter, but he could Surely. be his, his significance could be completely independent of his combat strength, right? The fact that he's the head of the revolutionary army, um, you know that 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 alone, even if he was weak, could be the reason why he has such a big bounty. I think how Shanks is written as like Luffy's ambition right now, uh, versus you know Mihawk essentially being Zoro's ambition right now, to me puts Shanks a little bit above him. I know a friend of another argument for Mihawk. You know, a friend of mine was saying, you know, Mihawk has a black blade. We don't know if he turned Yoru black or if it was already black before oh, he got it. Oh, come on, man. What? 
I'm gonna say he turned. I'm I'm going to say he turned it into a black lady, right? But I mean, I'm like, say, bro, like, that, come on, man, we can't be using Mihawk's the word as if that's gonna be any kind of argument besides no, him no, no, being the strongest, like, bro. But in one, no, in Wano, you remember uh, the the Tengu was telling Zoro like one one show of swordsmanship is the ability to turn your sword black, right? Like he gets Zoro inherits Enma as a black blade right. Right, because of Odin's like massive skill. Right. And this is I'm, I'm only bringing it up because a friend of mine who's a big Mihawk stand like that's something that he brings up. And I don't think I don't think it's the most the most powerful point. But I do think it is maybe a little bit relevant to to show that, you know, Mihawk has a black blade and Shanks doesn't. So that might reflect some of their differences in skill for me, like skill with a sword. Right. But for me, I think Shanks's crew has been hyped up to be these hockey masters, right? We've already seen Shanks' crazy observation hockey and his crazy conqueror's hockey. He's probably got ridiculous armament hockey too, right? So I just, even if Mihawk is technically more skilled with a sword than him and has that title, I think the differences in hockey for me are probably what would push Shanks above him. So I'm going with Shanks. Well, I got to say for a second, did you just present an argument for Mihawk that I wasn't going to make so you could then dismantle yeah. it yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much. Man, pretty I wasn't much. even going to make much. that argument. <laughs> yeah. like, bro, Preemptive strike. I wasn't going to make that argument. That's a ridiculous argument for your friend to make anyway on the Mihawk side because obviously either character is going to have an elite level blade, right? Like we didn't see Whitebeard's blade turned black. black. Yeah. I forget the name of it, but we know it's one of the, you know, super elite SSS tier grade swords. And obviously for a, someone to be able to master one of these swords, you have to have the ability to master the will of the sword. And for someone like Shanks, whose specialty is Conqueror's hockey, there's no question that he has the ability to do that. For a blade, whether it's the one Mihawk has or the one he has. I do want to say real quick, though, that Whitebeard isn't really considered a swordsman, right? Like, he does have that quote-unquote sword. That's like, true, but it, it doesn't matter. To, to be able to master a blade, there's no way yeah. that... when we What we learn about swords in the series is that the will of swords is what makes them cursed because people can't handle it. When we see with Enma, it's Zoro has to be able to release his hockey at a certain level to be able to actually yeah. conquer the sword. You know, it makes him cut off the side of the cliff. And there's no way that the like super S tier grade swords, whatever they're actually called, uh, yeah. there's no way that anyone who is wielding one of those level of white beard does not have to conquer the will of the sword himself. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So I'm agreeing. I'm trying to agree with you right here, man. I'm trying to say that's yeah. not a, that's not a point for me, Hawk. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to say that's even silly. I, I I reject your friend's argument, but I okay. I think what you talk about when you say with the narrative, and how he is written narratively and strength being such a core part of, like Shanks is written such that he has to be super strong. Yeah. I think that's much more true for Mihawk and his role in the story than it is for Shanks mm. in the same way that you say dragon, he probably is really strong. His devil fruit from what we know of it and are able to glean from seeing different places seems super OP, but Shanks could serve a lot of other roles in the story. He's Luffy's master or Luffy's sensei. Like he's Luffy's mentor. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, he, could be protecting the last road pwn glyph. He has that we would not have a David Black fight over, but would have some other kind of fight over. He serves as some kind of mediator in terms of world conflict, stopping Kaido from coming to. So he has to have a certain level of strength, obviously, to do that. Yeah. But he has to be as uh, strong enough to have the respect of people like Kaido. We know he has a role in terms of the Celestial Dragons because we know he was able to meet with the Elder Stars, get an audience with them to talk about, quote unquote, a certain pirate. We know he was the one who stole the Nika gum gum fruit from the world government. So there's all these kinds of things that he has narratively that are significance other than being strength. Whereas Mihawk's whole reason to etra, like the whole reason he exists in this narrative yeah 
is to be the strongest swordsman, to be number one, to be a barrier for Zoro to try and surpass. That's, that is truly being written as a necessarily extremely strong character. So, I, I, I mean, that's a great point. But one thing I would point out is that we've seen with Shanks' fleet, Shanks' fleet is composed, like they're just entire, like a bunch of weaklings in it, that he is responsible essentially for protecting, right? I think the, you could think of it like this, I guess, right? It takes a lot more strength to protect others than it would to just protect yourself. I feel like that's like a classic, like, shonen kind of trope as well right um, sure. so i feel like to some degree you could you you could argue that how how the, how shanks is being written in this story as like this great protector of all of these islands and all of these weak crews and whatnot necessitates him to be an extremely powerful character more so than someone like mihawk who just like rolls around by himself you know, he's strong, so no one's going to mess with him. And it's not like he has any vulnerable crewmates that he needs to protect. That's true, but it's not like Shanks is the only person running around. Like, the one thing we also know about Shanks' crew that we learned, I believe it was during the chapter when we were learning about the Rocks Pirates through Sengoku, is that Shanks is, and we learned the boundaries of the Emperors, it's that Shanks's crew's strength is that he assembled a number of really strong pirate captains. So we're assuming that someone like Ben Beckman, Lucky Roo, et cetera, are all characters who are relatively strong compared to the first mates, people like King, people like Smoothie, whatever, Katakuri, et cetera. We're, so we're assuming there's a level of strength that all of those characters also have. And I think when it comes to things like being able to be involved in a war, it's obviously helpful and necessary to be able to have that scale of a crew yeah being on your own is not necessarily an easier thing it means that probably you're not going to be going and getting involved in a war against shanks's literal entire crew you're going to end up just like hanging out and dueling shanks or whatever but that's not i don't think that's evidence that he's actually weaker than shanks i don't think you can make that argument yeah. that's fair that's fair um i don't know i, I think i think this is this is such a polarizing debate because you have some people who think it's outrageous that someone would suggest that Shanks could be stronger than Mihawk and you have people who who say with their chest that there's no way Mihawk is stronger than Shanks you know um when I actually think when all I that, do is think it's very close and come up with very good arguments to debunk the arguments that you made and that your friends made whatever I, I don't know about on that I, I think don't, I I don't know if you debunked my arguments, but you know, I mean, you said that's I, a good point. I, I responded and you said, you know, that's a good point. So we have to, we, you know, I, I don't think we're ever going to get an answer to this question because I don't think Mihawks and Shanks are ever going to actually fight in the series. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun conversation to have. One more thing that I want to talk to you real quick about. 1104 is supposed to come out probably this week, I think, because we've had two weeks of break. Do you have a prediction for the chapter? You know, I don't... For me, obviously, we started with Kuma about to punch Saturn. I got a, our, our friend Josh sent me another interesting text. I read it just before... To be fair, I saw it early, and I should have read it early, but I, I read it just before this, this, this meeting. And I thought it was a really interesting point. Like, can... Why doesn't Kuma use his pain-pushing ability to transfer pain from himself to Saturn? Like, that would be a super OP way of him being able to fight, to push out his pain, and, like, be pushing that on Saturn. I would love to see that, that kind of thing in the I, next chapter. I wonder if the person who's doing it has to... They have to accept that. You know what I mean? Like, when Zoro went to take on Luffy's pain, he... He, that was what he wanted to do you know what I mean but yeah. I wonder if for example some someone had no will to 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 do that if that if if Kuma's ability would work in that way I don't know yeah it's an interesting question I think I was I wasn't sure to be fair I would imagine he can force it on someone to me the bigger question is can he use it on himself because then it would yeah. truly become an OP 
I think I think he has Although, to, right? Because he got his me- his his like his memories and stuff. Like he's yeah, pushed that yeah, out. that's a good point. So right? he has to be able to push it out. So that would be a pretty sick way to do. Now, to be fair, you know, Kuma's not the kind of character who generally would take the pain out of himself to put it on someone else. As we've learned about him, but Saturn, mm-hmm. bro, on Saturn, ooh, that wouldn't be a bad way to do it. Yeah. I also, just another thing that just popped into my head, I wonder if you can counteract that with hockey, right? We've seen that a lot of these mm-hmm. devil fruit abilities um, can be, that we think as instant win conditions are not necessarily so if your hockey is strong enough. So it could just be that maybe, maybe someone could reject that kind of you know transfer if their hockey was just strong enough. That's interesting. To me, it feels more likely that they would be able to reject having their memories or pain or whatever pushed out of themselves, like whatever mm-hmm. Kuma might do. It feels to me like accepting someone else's pain, that feels like something you should have to be able to do, even if your hockey is really strong. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. No opinion. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I've told, I, I don't know. We, we, I don't think, I don't think we're, uh, I don't think that's something that we're ever going to really get an answer to, right? I don't think Kuma's going to, like you said, I don't think, I personally don't think Kuma's going to push out the pain from his body and try and use that as an attack, right? Um, so, and my justification, I mean, you could justify it as that just not being compatible with Kuma's character. Um, but to your point, you're up against this guy who's been like the bane of your existence this whole time, right? If it doesn't happen, uh, maybe it's because Oda thinks like that ability would be too broken, or maybe it's because of some of the stuff that I brought up, like about like hockey and and what. I don't know, I, but I I just I don't think we're gonna get an answer to that ever. It would be a beautiful way for him to fight Saturn, in my opinion. Being able to say, this is how much you've made me suffer. This is what you've put me through. And I'm now going to put you through that. Not to mention, I think there's this kind of question about exactly what the power of the Elder Stars comes from. Mm-hmm. And exa- you know, we've never seen people's heads just explode. We've never seen people on the crew just be frozen. Although maybe it's because he's a spider and he has people been stuck in the web, but that's very Black Maria. I feel like I wouldn't want to see that two time, two arcs in a row. Yeah. And so to me, having this sort of creative way that Kuma might be able to fight would be really interesting to see how that would affect someone like Saturn. Yeah. I want to tell you my prediction. Go my for it. My prediction for the next chapter is that Kuma is actually so he's going to land his punch right. And it's gonna it's gonna give like Luffy punching a celestial dragon kind of vibes, right? Sure. Um, and after that, Saturn is gonna mollywop him. I think Saturn is actually gonna like. Oh be... what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think Saturn is gonna be beating on him, and then either because you know it's weird that Kuma Kuma can move and fight right now, but the rest of the stro- like everyone else on Egghead is kind of frozen. I wonder. Like I don't know, I don't know why, like why, right? Like how is that related to Saturn's devil fruit? I don't think Kuma's gonna like be killed by Saturn, but I think the in the chapter he's 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 gonna be because he's weak and injured right now, and even if he was healthy, Saturn was probably stronger than him. Um, bro, so yeah, you telling think... me Kuma is gonna have come all this way, flying yeah. himself from Marajua? Yep. Coming in with a big Luffy punching the celestial dragon in the face type vibes. Yeah. And he's just gonna get he's gonna get mollywopped. Well, I think the thing is at the end of the chapter, I think someone is gonna step in. Either that someone might be the entire straw hat crew. It could be someone like Zoro after he finishes off Luchi, because I expect Luchi to kind of honestly, it wouldn't even surprise me if Oda just off screen Luchi. Because Luchi <laughs> should not be on Zoro's level. Right, right, um, right. But I expect someone at the end of the chapter to come in. Again, this is giving me a lot of Sabaody vibes, right? Luffy punches the Celestial Dragon, and then the crew is getting their absolute shit kicked in by the pacifistas and Sentomaru in them. And then someone comes in, this happened to be Rayleigh at the time, and kind of saves them, right? Don't I think, you feel I think at this point yeah. in the story 
that we should have a straw hat crew that's able to fend for themselves in this situation. To me, part of the growth from Sabahadi to now would be not having yeah. to see the crew rely upon some completely out of left field force to help them against. Yes, it's a greater evil with with it being yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturn, but still. No, I think it'll be a straw hat, like like someone either the entire crew or Zoro himself. I agree. I don't want some outside force to make their way onto the island and do that. I I I do think it'll be like maybe it'll be like Zoro and Sanji fighting uh Saturn, but like. I, I think essentially Kuma gets his lick, Saturn beats up on him, and then before he can kind of like finish him off or do any permanent damage, someone like Zoro steps in and, you know, now we've got a new 1v1. Now, what do you think is going to happen to Luffy? You think he's coming back this chapter? Not this chapter. Getting that I, think food? He, I think, I don't, I don't think the food is going to be... I honestly, I don't want the food to be enough to just bring it back. I know it's a gag. Bro, I know it's this, something. This dude had a chipped tooth and he drank milk and his yeah. teeth were fixed. It's ridiculous. And I know it's <laughs> it's a gag, but it's just like, I, I really, I really, really don't want this to just be a point where this is just like, he just, he's down and out and he just eats some food and oh, he's good to go. I, I I don't know. Uh, that's the not how the pattern that has been established though through the arcs with Luffy's powers is you know he used gear th third or second or whichever one and he gets small. He uses gear fourth and he you know D he lets all the air out yeah. and then flies back somewhere. And so now gear fifth is something like he gets tired, but it wasn't like he got whooped to getting that tired. It's That was a side effect of his power. Having food and time to rest, that seems consistent for me. That's fair. He That's fair. He I don't think he took much damage in the fight against Kizaru. Um, I mean, you know how I feel big picture about the arc. I think the arc is going to conclude with Kuma pushing Man. out Luffy's pain from his body. And that is what's going to resurrect him. Man, I, I, no. Okay, I want you to look <laughs> me in my eye right now. You look think the arc's closing, eye, and, concluding and, that and, way too? No, no, I, not, not, I mean, I think when I say concluding, I mean, Kuma resurrects Nika by, by, by restoring Luffy's stamina. Luffy then beats Saturn. And that is the, that's essentially the Egghead Island incident, right? Agorose has been defeated. Um, Maybe uh, Egghead broadcasts something to the world. You know, the curtain that the world government is kind of hiding behind. Maybe that gets pulled back a little bit. Um, and that, I think, is is the conclusion to the arc. But I think that depends on Luffy getting back up and fighting. And the way I think Luffy will get back up to fight is by Kuma using his ability on Luffy. I think that's if you you can look at me in my eye right now and tell me that Luffy getting back up because he ate some meat is more entertaining to you than Luffy getting back up because Kuma has used his ability to resurrect Nika. Bro, I saw that once like 15 years ago. When? I saw that once like 15 years ago. Okay, no, he didn't resurrect Nika, but he used his ability. He took away Luffy's pain. Luffy got back going. He got to going. In this one, Luffy hasn't gone through the same amount of pain. To me, it wouldn't feel cheap at all for him to come back. I'd like to see him come back and be able to fight, but I don't think that Kuma has to erase his pain to do that. And honestly, if if the whole Egghead incident is just a... And one of the elder stars being defeated, I will be disappointed. I want really? a little bit more. I want a little bit you, more. I don't, I don't you know. Don't, you don't think I that think would be some groundbreaking? It would be groundbreaking. Massive. But at this point in the story, I want something that feels a little bit more significant just than an elder star was defeated. At the very least, I would want him being defeated to come with a larger lore reveal or some kind of reveal about the world that is beyond just this character who we know was part of the Celestial Dragons, etc., was defeated. Because I don't know why we need to go through all this and have Kuma here and be going through Kizaru, all these things. I don't know. We need, and with Vegapunk, with Vegapunk's whole mind, we have we have the whole, we have the, 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 the genius scientist's memory. 
if it's just him getting defeated by Nika fighting him, that would feel like a real missed opportunity to me to create an S-class egghead incident. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But it is. So you want all... and. Uh, you want all this stuff about like lore to be revealed, and I mean we've got a lot of that from Puma's flashback, right? And this, the I think the 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 idea that Saturn would be defeated by Nika is is something that would be extremely meaningful. Now the rest of the world wouldn't necessarily know that this is Nika because it doesn't seem like this is like widespread knowledge. Um, I, I don't know I don't know what else when and all yeah I guess also when you say lore reveals I feel like lore reveals are for the audience right they're not for the the characters within the series itself you know people on random island in the grand line are not going to learn about what happened on God Valley us the readers are and maybe maybe the straw hats are or something like that right the I think it would be perfectly satisfying for Egghead just to be, this is the first domino that has fallen with respect to like the world government being toppled over. One of the Gorosei going down. And if, if, like I said, Vegapunk somehow manages to like broadcast, you know, maybe there's like some Denden Mushi or something, you know, and people see Saturn and they're like, who the fuck is this demon? I don't think that would be enough to make people question the world government as a whole, but I don't know if I, that's the, that's the other thing that I could potentially see coming out of Egghead is maybe uh, I think I read a theory somewhere about like Kuma or not Kuma Vegapunk using um, what is it called? The, like the neural connections that he has between all seven of the, of his different satellite bodies um, punk, like punk systems or something like that using that to essentially share his own memories with like everyone else around the globe. So everyone else is aware of the atrocities that the world government has committed. Like that, that could be like a massive trigger for, you know, the egghead incident. But I, I think just a Gorosei going down would be enough for me. Well, all I can say is that's an F class theory. Okay. <laughs> no question. That's fine. Bad answer. Very disappointing. That's an F-class theory. It's time to move on to S-class and F-class theories. Yes, sir. I only brought one this week, so I'm just going to go first so I get to respond to all three of Abraham's. Maybe maybe he can only do two. We'll let him decide because he was out here spitting F-class things this whole show so far. (laughs) So we'll let him decide (laughs) how many of these theories he actually wants to say. Two of them them are short. Two of them are really short, and one of them is... Yeah, a little bit longer. So we can, I think we can get through all three. That's that's okay, because mine's kind of funny anyway. Okay. You know, we're, we're just in the theme of talking of, of everyone who is someone's dad. And Tony Tony Chopper came up with a video, not actually Tony Chopper, but the YouTuber. Okay. Came up with a video. It, it's in a whole video about the man with, uh, the man marked by flames, which is more literally the man with burn scars. And he right. said, Kuzan is Robin's dad. Robin has black hair. Ovia has white hair. He got to have... His dad, dad's got to have black hair. And Kuzan's looking out for Robin. He's going out everywhere, making sure she stays alive. He has some kind of fascination, the end of the world, some kind of the same inclinations. F class, F F class, such a this, this is actually a terrible theory. <laughs> it is actually I mean, a terrible. Theory. It is actually a terrible theory. <laughs> like what? No, it is an oh. actual terrible theory. What What's so interesting to me is it, it's it just falls within that same category of people. You know, Arthur makes like a three hour video about what the One Piece is, and then he's like, the One Piece is a party, and I'm like, man, like how did this youtuber come up with a whole 15 minute video on the man marked by flames and somehow at the crux of some of that is that kuzan is robin's dad and is kuzan supposed to be the man marked by flames in this theory i don't even remember 
I think I think he was presented as an alternative, as as one of the characters who might not be that likely, but going through all the different characters who it could be. Okay. But it, it's 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 just I think it's just worthwhile every now and then to look at some of these theories that get created on YouTube and make sure we're not getting led astray by bad ideas. And this is an I, example I, of what I is obviously with, a I, bad idea. I agree with that. I once had someone try and tell me that Cobra was evil and I had to nip that in the bud immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Who did that? <laughs> it's, it's okay. I don't, I don't, I don't, we don't, Who did that? Know I don't, who did that? <laughs> I don't need to expose them like that. My theory, it's not my theory. This is actually a theory that Joaquin shared in the group chat we have. It's about... Uh, Essentially, a theory trying to explain what the crime that the Buccaneers committed uh, and also tying in Zunisha's crime to that and everything. So, you know, we get the Buccaneers when they're first revealed. I think it's uh, someone like a Saturn who talks about how this is a race of people who is... Uh, committed some grave sin against the world government and we're not told what that was and this theory essentially said, states that their sin was constructing the noah so just like uh tom's uh tom from like water seven you know his his great crime was building uh the uh um oro jackson for for gold gold roger they, the this theory postulates that the Buccaneers built Noah as a ship for Joy Boy, um, and you know they they uh because they're like you know, Noah's a massive sh Noah's a massive big, ship. How big is the Noah ship, bro? It's it's huge. Like I think I can't remember like I don't, uh, like exactly, but you know there's like four or five like sea kings that are like. Man, I, I'm just calling this an F class theory because I need you to get off Fishman Island, bro. I, I didn't even. I didn't I even need you to this get up. off Fishman Island, bro. You, you come, you come here saying I love this theory because it goes back to Fishman Island. Fishman Island is not. You, you didn't even hear my great friend. You didn't even hear my great friend yet. And I, <laughs> how do you know I love this theory? I'm. I just want you to get off Fishman Island, so I'm giving this just for fun an F class theory. That's okay. You know what? I actually think it's an F class theory as well. Like, you know, that's that's what you get for jumping to conclusions. Because one thing that I didn't tell you is that this theory also uh, states that they think Zunisha's crime was causing the Noah to sink. Because <laughs> the whole idea of, like, Noah's Ark and the animals coming on the Ark, they're, they're like, you know, Zunisha was on this boat and, you know, maybe Zunisha was too big to get on the boat and sank the boat. And for them, <laughs> they managed to walk around for a thousand years. Listen, the idea that Zunisha's crime had something to do with sinking the Noah, I don't even hate that much. The idea that Zunisha tried to get on the boat and couldn't is hilarious <laughs> and ridiculous. And that's an F-class theory. What's next? Okay, so the third theory that we have is essentially that the four road poneglyphs are needed because they serve as, three of them serve as coordinates in like an X, Y, and a Z plane. And the last road poneglyph is essentially a time dimension. So what do you think of that? I got to say, man, I got to give that one an S-class theory. And I like that you say Z instead of Z. You know, you've been in America too long now. <laughs> I coming from Canada. <laughs> but you put that I, in my head, bro. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> the, you know, I love, what I love about this theory is we know that the Roger Pirates showed up in a place that the that was too early. That even if you're in on the right island in the at Laugh Tale, you made it all with the Grand Line. If you're there at the wrong time, you're not able to claim the One Piece. Shanks has said it's about time for us to claim the One Piece. So the idea that each of the Poneglyphs give a coordinate is really cool. Not to mention, we've seen people go, you know, as high as the sky. We've seen people go to the bottom of the ocean. And so imagining that there's some sort of 
coordinate for where and the depth is. Now we know it's not going to be at the moon. You know, it might be down we've, somewhere. We've, down. I was going to say we've seen people go but as high as the moon, not, be, not as high might as not the be sky. On, definitely not going to be on the moon or something like that. But it might be down <laughs> under Annie's lobby, maybe somewhere like that under the sea. But uh-huh. knowing that we have all of those aspects to the world, that's a really great way to me of being able to explain how the Roger Pirates found out they were too early as well. Okay. Yeah, I think I think this is an S-class theory as well. Um, I don't think the time, like you said, I don't think the time is going to necessarily matter for getting to Laugh Tale itself, but we do know that something about the One Piece is time-related because Roger, he said, we are too early. So we'll see. Um, the last theory that I'm going to throw out at you is <laughs> he, uh, a theory titled The Davy Back Fight Returns. Oh, man. Oh, man. Here <laughs> we go. And I promise you, I didn't write it myself. <laughs> <laughs> this, person this, bas- this person basically says that he thinks that he or she thinks that Shanks will have a, a Davy back fight with Luffy so that he can get Robin to read the Poneglyph for him. Bro, this on one hand, I appreciate how hard you're trying. I appreciate that this person found a reason because we know that Davy back fights are actually about exchanging crew members. I appreciate that this character found a reason to actually... Man, we've already done Robin is in danger of leaving the crew. We, uh, we do not need to do this in this moment. No, it's First an F-class theory. It's ridiculous. We're not having a baby back fight against Shanks' crew. S-S-class. S-class. Oh, come on, man. Of course it is to you. Yeah. It's just, I saw this and I was like, oh, this is this is an easy inclusion. <laughs> I was like, I'm closing, I'm closing out S-class and F-class with this one. Why is it an S-class theory to you, Abraham? Well, you know, this guy doesn't go into as much detail as uh, I, 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 I think he could have. As Morge Sama? As, <laughs> as, exactly, as Morge would. But I think, you know, as we covered in a previous podcast, there's a lot of a lot of reasons to think that we can have uh, could have a, a daily backfight between the red-haired pirates and the straw hats. I think that Shanks is gatekeeping the last road poneglyph. I think it's clear that Shanks is going to evaluate how competent Luffy is as a pirate captain at some point. And I don't expect that to actually come down to a legit brawl between their crews. Um, We've also seen that you say the Davy backfight is only for exchanging crewmates, but we've literally seen in the series that you can exchange things other than crewmates in a Davy backfight. We've seen a Jolly Roger get exchanged in a Davy backfight. So there sorry, sorry. Are... So we've seen two types of things be exchanged in a Davy backfight. No, no, crewmates no. You said Roger. wait, 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 wait. Hold up. You said the only thing to be exchanged in a Davy backfight are crewmates, and I, I, just, I amended that to crewmates and Jolly Rogers. Go on. No, 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 no. <laughs> How are you gonna just? That's ridiculous. You know that's ridiculous. That you can't. How are you gonna make an argument like that? I I, I said one thing, and you and you pointed <laughs> out the point. No. The, the real point that I was making is that. There have to be there has to be some sort of narrative reason that we would fight Shanks and Baby Back fight. And I'll give you that this theory, because crewmates and Jolly Rogers are the only things we've seen exchange, Jolly Rogers doesn't actually make a more interesting argument than 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 crew it doesn't make a more interesting argument for why we might end up in a Davy Back fight. I will admit that it's a good idea. You have a reason to actually fight over Robin between Luffy and Shanks's crew. And I do think it's interesting that they've at least come up with a reason because I think it's true that Robin's going to have some sort of greater significance towards the end of the story as we get closer to Laugh Tale. But obviously, just looking for more ways to jam in a David back fight is ridiculous theory. You, you, I, I can't believe how disingenuous you're being. You're going to start by saying it's only crewmates. I point out to you that we've seen things other than crewmates be exchanged. You're like, okay, I'm just gonna. So, what what what's the difference between like a Jolly Roger and a Poneglyph rubbing? You know, they're both, you know, pieces of paper that you know someone has written something on. Like, 
I don't think it's a big, it, it would be a big jump if all we had seen maybe are crewmates being exchanged. But the fact that we can see that you can, you can lose other, other assets from your crew other than just a crewmate. I, I, I don't know how you're just going to say that. Like that's, that's Man, ridiculous. You, you, you can fight for those things. That's all I got. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. So you just see this Cat Williams interview? <laughs> I don't know many people who haven't seen this Cat Williams interview. Here's what he had to say about Cedric the Entertainer. Okay. Cedric the Entertainer can't sing, can't dance, and doesn't write jokes. He did four comedy specials. They're so bad, Shannon, they're not available on Netflix or Tubi. Can I say that again for the audience? They're so <laughs> bad that they're not available on Netflix or Tubi. Yeah. On Kevin Hart, no one in Hollywood has a memory of a sold-out Kevin Hart show. There being a line for him ever getting a standing ovation at any comedy club. On happiness and people, I'm a happy person. I laugh all day long. I can't even imagine the misery of these bums. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's enough. That's enough. I'll tell you my takeaway. I so first of all, let me let me say this. If I was Kevin Hart's lawyer, PR guy, whatever, you know, I would be constantly promoting. Have you ever seen the video of Cat Williams getting his ass beat by a 12-year-old? What? There's like a <laughs> there's like a 12-year-old in a park. No, that man, Cat I Williams, seen it. he was doing like some community service kind of stuff. And then he got into it with a little kid. And this little kid got him in the back and put him in a chokehold. No <laughs> like, was, was like choking him out. So I told because I was talking to I was talking about this with my buddy. I was like, if I'm Kevin Hart, <laughs> that's what I'm going at. I'm like, how are you gonna take anything seriously from a man who who got choked out by a kid? But in all seriousness, I think Cat Cat made a lot of he made a lot of good points in that rant. I loved when he said something like, I don't know why liars lie. They just do. Because it's, I think I think that's actually really true. Sometimes people people are just dishonest or just lie. You know, you don't there doesn't always need to necessarily. You mean like Cat like, Williams saying that he runs a four-four? <laughs> oh my mean? god. That was crazy. That was crazy. When he was he said he didn't say four or four, he said like sub four two. <laughs> he ran like a four one forty. Like, come on, bro. Like, that's really my question. Do you think how much do you think Cat Williams was telling the truth about, and how much do you think he was lying about? Because there's no way this man was telling the truth about everything he talked about. Yeah, I think that because the truth is a little subjective, right? But I think for the most part, I believe in a lot of this. I believe in a lot of the things he said. I don't know if I necessarily believe in the stuff he was saying about, you know, you get a light-skinned wife with a weird face and stuff well, hold like on, that. Man. Have you not seen the have you not seen the compilations of the light-skinned wives with the weird <laughs> no, faces? No, I haven't. I haven't. I texted it to my sister just earlier today. There's compilations of comedians in Hollywood. Uh-huh. All black men with funny face. I mean, you know, you can argue whether or not they're funny face. You got Eddie yeah. Murphy. You got Steve Harvey here. You got Jonathan, it, it, Michael Blackson, Kevin Hart. Every one of them, whatever the big mm -hmm. dude's name is, that Eric, I forget even his name. Uh, every one of these dudes actually does. <laughs> you can find at least seven of them right off the yeah. cuff. And when you go on the internet, that's crazy. Yeah. So, like, I do think a lot of what he was saying is is true. Like Dave Chappelle has said similar things, right? And they bring up Dave Chappelle in the interview where people talk about him turning down $50 million or whatever it was that um, I th uh, the like comedy comedy network or whatever tried to get him to sign. Right. Um, but they they tried to take away his agency over what he could create. And he wasn't having it. And he walked away, right? And I think that's a lot of what Kat was saying to some degree is like, you know, I could have had all of these roles, but I wasn't willing to be a cross dresser. And, you know, I don't, I don't blame Kevin Hart for taking those roles at all. You know, it's, you know, make, get your money, however you want to get your money, just because you act like you can act as a gay person in 
a series or you can act as like a racist in a in a in like you know i think leonardo dicaprio and like django right it just because he plays like the role of a, a slave owner in a movie doesn't make right. him racist in real life right like that is what acting is um but if cat is like you know i have my principles these are lines that i won't cross these are boundaries that i have and because i've made because i haven't been willing to cross these boundaries I've maintained my integrity and I'm happy with my life. But you see all these other people who have. I I I kind of agree. I I, I can I, I definitely agree. Well, with I can that tell sentiment. you what Kevin Hart thought of that sentiment because he was on it was like inside the NBA or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was he, he was doing some NBA commentary with some other comedians that I think was still on TNT. And they're okay. watching the Knicks game, and Kevin Hart just goes. Oh uh, yeah, did you know uh, Cat Williams actually actually was w- b- had a chance to buy the Knicks, but he said no, no, he didn't four times actually. He had the chance <laughs> to buy the Knicks four times, and he said no every time. He said he said he said he didn't want it. And so uh... I'm just saying it's not that every comedian who's been listening to this is corroborating his story. Now there are some things that we see Cedric actually telling the same joke as him a few years later. Yeah, yeah. And we know Cat Williams is hilarious when yeah. just from being a watching Wild and Out as a little kid, he was always a superstar on that, always had quick comebacks. And even just in this interview, Cat is hilarious the whole time. Yeah. To me, I'm just really intrigued as to because he there's no way everything he's saying is true. Clearly, a lot of stuff that he said also was true. Ice who came on corroborated it, things like that. Uh, some of the stories about the rape scene in Friday. But is it harmful or harmless? You know, 3,000 books a year? Like, come on, man. You didn't read 3,000 books a year. You, you didn't read 10. Oh, no, no. It's not even just 3,000 books, books a year. This man said he was fluent at age three. Like, like, fluent, <laughs> like, like reading, like, and he said he was getting college acceptances at, like, age seven or something. Right, like right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, right. Like, okay. That that part is all cap. I'm sorry, cap. That's cap. <laughs> right, That's right. straight cap. <laughs> and so, you know, to me, does that detract from the rest of the interview where some of what he said was true? Yeah. Or is that just we, when I was a kid, we walked uphill in snow every single day to get to school? I I, I don't think it did. It didn't take away from the interview to me. From what he's with the rest of what he said in the interview to me. Um, because I think to some degree he was kind of in his feelings, you know. Yeah, he wasn't his feelings. I mean, he showed up on the set and Shannon didn't even ask a question. He said, he said, you yeah. know why I'm here. And he I went, I went on Shannon when Shannon was talking, there's another YouTube video talking about exactly everything he said. He was quoting, he really watched the interviews the other comedians did on Club yeah. Shay Shay. And he knew exactly what they had said and was referencing where yeah. he believed they were liars. Yeah. So like I say, like, you know, he was I feel like he was some of like the things he was lying about himself, like running a sub four two forty, like getting into college. Like Being like undefeated in basketball, basically. Yeah. Like, I think that was him maybe hyping, hyping himself up because people have said stuff, you know, like Cat Williams is crazy. Cat Williams is on crack. Cat Williams is you know been in and out of all, all these kinds of things about him i th- uh but i like you like you said people can you can go on the internet and verify a lot of the things that he said in the interview like Cedric right. stealing his jokes like these uh light-skinned women that he was talking about and so on so to me it doesn't really take him him obviously lying i say obviously lying what i think are obvious lies uh, you know, doesn't take away <laughs> from from the rest of the interview. But well, let let me tell you, because I I'll say either either way, I sure went on and I watched one of Cat, I watched one of Cat Williams Netflix specials, <laughs> 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 and it was pretty funny. But I'm gonna bring this full circle real quick. Okay. Because I watch a lot of TV in Japanese to study, because you know I'm pretty good at Japanese. I don't know if you heard. Um, you know, I, I'm sometimes I'm even a little more accurate than the unofficial translations. <laughs> it was hilarious because I watch it. They they have Japanese subtitles on the Cat Williams special. What? 
Well, because because I'm watching it because normally oh, okay. I'm watching stuff in Japanese, right? And it was hilarious to sort of see how do they translate all of Cat Williams' slang into Japanese. And it is like so unbelievably imperfect, but probably one of my favorite things is when do they use the N-word? <laughs> <laughs> like if it, it's oh. like if Cat Williams says something like, you know, like 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 y'all niggas don't even know, they'll just be yeah. like, oh my god. Like they'll be like you all, you know, like. Everyone yeah. here, the audience, Minasan, everyone. <laughs> but then he starts actually talking about using the N word, and I'm like, and, and and then you start seeing like the actual Japanese, like like niga, <laughs> and I'm like, it, it's just like such a hilarious, it's just <laughs> such a hilarious thing to watch as they try and figure out how the heck you translate Whoa. not just English, which is so imperfect, but also like Black American vernacular into yeah. Japanese. There's a Childish Gambino interview that he was... Actually, it wasn't an interview. It was like a comedy special or something like that. He was talking about performing at a set. And I think there was... He might have been... There might have been a lot of deaf people in the audience or something like mm. that. Because there was a sign language, an American sign language person who was translating what he was saying in right. sign language. And he's like, this lady came up to me and she was asking me, are there any words that you use in your special that are not like actual words, you know, kind of just like made up words that just so I know, you know, maybe what to sign, right? I, I'm aware. And he's like, yeah, uh, the word niglet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> he's like, and and the, the lady's just like, oh, you mean like, just like some hand symbol. <laughs> like, represent like little black person you know that's so funny and he he was so offended he's just like these fucking racist deaf people have a have a sign a hand sign for for niglet and leave it that's so funny man it, we we can get into the fact that black people and white people speak different sign languages in america another time there's literally two different languages for black people and white people in sign language because of the way uh because of the way it developed in history. But that's a conversation, I think, for another time. We're already probably running up on time, even beyond time, maybe. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. He's been really smart. I mean, I'm not running really fast. Maybe I talk kind of fast. But he's your smart friend. I'm your fast friend. We're almost at 100 total downloads. So I would love for us to keep inching mm -hmm. and inching closer to that over the course of the next week. Yeah. Get us there. Like, subscribe, all those things. Peace. Peace.